Welcome to the Stellar Labs podcast, Future Learning Today. At Stellar Labs, our mission is to bust the technology skills crunch with effective, measurable, engaging training. We consult on, design, and deliver the technical and people skills and competencies you need in business. In these podcasts, you'll hear from industry experts and practitioners from the worlds of technology and training. They'll share their experience, insights, and inspiration, and their visions for the future with you. Keep listening to start your future learning here today. Hello, and welcome back to the Stella Labs podcast. I'm Stella Collins, and today I'm talking to Nicola Whiting, MBE, who is Chief Strategy Officer at Titania a cybersecurity and penetration testing company who are experts in their field. Welcome, Nicola. Hi, and uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. And one of the other things that I didn't mention was that Nicola is also on our cybersecurity advisory board at Stella Labs, and we are really delighted to have her here because she is such an expert in her field. Nicola, I'd just really like to know if you could tell us a little bit first about how you, you got an MBE this year. That is an amazing achievement. Wow, um, it was it was a re- really big surprise as well. I suddenly had this letter from the palace, and uh, yeah, that it was quite overwhelming. So the the MBE was for uh, services to international trade and diversity. So the services to international trade um, part of our core values is go giving or giving back. And so I've been mentoring for a number of years in multiple cyber accelerators. Um, a lot of businesses, when they start out, they have really fantastic ideas, but they can't babel fish them into things that the average person can understand. So a lot of my time is is spent helping businesses do that. And, um, and sometimes even helping businesses understand why they should do that. Because if you're very, very technical, I've even had people say to me, um, well, if they don't understand it, they're not my audience. And, <laughs> and that was quite shocking to me that people would have that view. And I had to explain how LinkedIn worked and how uh, people's net, net social networks worked, which for an autistic person to be explaining to a non-autistic person how social networks work was kind of slightly ironic. But um, so basically I, I explained that, you know, if that person doesn't understand what you do, they can't leverage the 250 people or so that they possibly know that might be interested in your technology. And um, so they finally got it and they were like, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> and maybe I should learn to babel fish. Um, <laughs> and then the, the other the other side for diversity, um, I, I actually got personally rewarded in terms of diversity because uh, I've always been a strong pro- proponent that groupthink is your enemy as a business, and uh, it's the, um, the 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 Darth of 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 kind of innovation and resilience. And the answer to groupthink is diversity, because the more diversity of thought we have, the less groupthink, and the more innovation, and the more resilience, and and actually the the better our bottom line is. And so I, I've been talking about this for a long time. And, and because of that, we've at Titania got quite a diverse team. And I was then asked to speak at an event at Shrivenham where there were a lot of autistic um, people. It was the first time I met so many autistic people in the same room. And suddenly all the things they were saying were like, oh, that's me. I'm sensitive to light and I have a social energy that runs out. And oh, sensitive to smell, I'm that too. And I didn't realize and, and all these other things. And so I got diagnosed. Um, and and so really, I've, I've been spending quite a lot of time for a number of years 
working with diversity generally, but particularly from my first person experience of neurodiversity. Okay. And, and it was for that work that you were given the MBA? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, I got got to the end of that. Yes. That yeah. No, 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 no. It's really, yeah. it's amazing. So, so congratulations on that. I think that's, that's hugely important. Um, so I know you, you have been helping to promote diversity in cybersecurity. And that was, that was a conversation we, we started a few weeks ago. And I was fascinated by what you're doing to, to do that and why you think in cybersecurity it's it's so important. Um, so I've been doing a number of workshops for people uh, like Crest and other government groups and doing a lot of talks, both nationally and internationally. Um, so there's two reasons. Um, there's the business reason, um, and I, I touched on it earlier with innovation and, and uh, resilience. So if you think about it, in security, we only have two goals, or in cyber, we only have two goals. One is creating new stuff to enable people to do better and greater things. And the other one is defending that stuff. And the reality is that we spend a lot of time in around the defense and what attackers might be like. And to quote Sun Tzu, who was you know, more, an older writer than Jesus and still popular. So that's always got to be good that the art of war is still still current. But he said to, to defeat your enemy, you've got to know them. And I'm paraphrasing there. And the reality is our enemies and our attackers don't come in one flavor. So if we're going to be able to think like an attacker, then diversity has to be built into all of our organizational um, abilities. And then in terms of innovation, if people are group thinking, they're only thinking one way, well, they're going to really limit the options that they have on the table. And we've seen businesses go down because um, they, they didn't think about what the future might bring or they were closed minded in, in terms of, of where they were looking. And, and so it's a real threat to growth, not having diversity. And, and yet we talk about diversity more as a social exercise. So, so for all those reasons, I got um, into sort of spreading the word. And then because of what Titania does in terms of uh, resilience in networks and things like that, I realized that that was going to go the way of AI and started looking into that. And because my area of interest is um, also diversity, I looked about, you know, what was happening with AI. And there are so many failed projects that have happened because diversity wasn't baked into the teams. So, for example, um, the first Apple Watch didn't work for women because they forgot about periods and the fact it affects our body clock and our, our temperatures and things like that. Um, and that was an expensive, costly development mistake. Yeah. Um, Amazon spent four years trying to do uh, AI-driven recruitment. And what they found was that it discriminated against women because it looked at the AI learns from data and 11 years of data said that they predominantly hired men. So it started actually discriminating and like physically removing women from their, their candidate pool, you know, women's Cheska plant removed. Um, you know, we've got things like predictive policing in the UK. So these are all things that are going to determine the future of our society. And a lot of it has almost discrimination by design, unintentionally built in. And, and so that there is some really big ethical questions around what we want our society to look like in future and AI and diversity. Um, so, so, yeah, there's, there's a massive ball of stuff there that I've, I've been um, helping raise awareness of and suggesting solutions that might mitigate some of this stuff. That's that's really interesting. I read a very good book recently, and I'm sure you've probably read it too, called Invisible Women, which is all about the lack of, of data um, around 
women in particular, but uh, I'm quite sure that relates probably to, to many other diverse it's, groups too. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty horrendous when you think about some of the things that we have in everyday life. I mean, did you know women are statistically more likely to die in car crashes because safety belts are designed for men? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's just terrifying. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It's <laughs> quite worrying. So in terms of um, your business and cybersecurity, you've talked about how that actually helps the business, but mm -hmm. how does it help the individuals within the business kind of respecting the, the diversity? So I think like attracts like, and we're really, we judge people on our values. So um, unlike a lot of companies where it's all, you know, performance driven, we, we have a mixture of performance because you know, people are here to contribute and also the values of our business. And, and one of those values is, is go giving and um, supporting each other and valuing our differences. And, and believing that our differences make us stronger. And what we found is, you know, even in thought types, and I know um, Stella Labs is, is very into thought types, you know, even ignoring the fact that, that autistic people or other neurodiverse people often need different ways of learning to get the very best out of the learning and therefore the most productivity out of that learning, there are a whole heap of people who are, say, for example, reflective thinkers or reflective learners. And a lot of courses aren't geared to help those people. Um, so, for example, at Titania, if somebody's going to come in and deliver training, it's an insistence by us that we see the tra training material up front and we give people the option of reviewing that training material first. So Fantastic. That those people that are reflective learners get time to mull that information over, to make their conclusions and to contribute at the same level as the people that are um, more dynamic learners. And that there is there is no wrong learning type, um, but we want people to be able to give their best in the room. And if you automatically put, you know, 50 percent of the room at a disadvantage, because their learning type doesn't suit the get information and process it instantly, then then that's not serving the company or or its teams. So um, so yeah, it's it's really about understanding that not everybody's the same for their benefit and the company's benefit because nobody yeah. wants to stifle productivity. No, and and I totally agree with that idea about you know people when they're learning it doesn't matter where the learning comes from it doesn't matter how they choose to get it so long as they learn it that is the most important and if somebody finds it much easier to have the information up front and process it and have time to think it through and come up with their questions then then brilliant that's marvelous that's that's really really valuable we had that recently on um, an online program we were running a, and it was you know it was a very fast digital online interactive program and somebody afterwards said actually I really struggled with that so what we said next time was we'll just send you all the slides in advance you can have them you can look through them so that by the time the conversations are flowing you've already got your questions um, and yeah. she found that really helpful that was really yeah. useful to her and um, I must admit I mean I've been in courses because I can't control external courses obviously and I've been in courses and I know that I'm at a huge disadvantage and it's emotionally draining for me and very, very, in some cases, upsetting because knowing that you can't actually contribute to your best, that you're disadvantaged. It's a bit like somebody in a wheelchair having to have a course on the stairs. 
Um, yes. You know, I, yes. I, I, I don't just have a preference for having information up front. I have a need to have the yeah. information up front to be able to deliver my best to the room. And it's not always possible. So I just have to deliver the best I can, knowing that that it's not the best I can yeah. really deliver. And that's very frustrating to somebody that would always want to serve the room to the best of their ability. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is quite hard sometimes knowing that society does discriminate by design in, in, in many ways. Um, and and that's, that's very frustrating and something I'd love to be part of changing. Well, we're obviously very pleased that you're, you're on our um, advisory board at, at Stella Labs. And whilst, you know, we're talking to you about the, the cybersecurity training in particular, um, of course, our methodology is what's really important to us. And that, we believe, does really support people who um, learn differently. And it really, really works with the way um you know, our brains have kind of rewired or wired themselves to learn as opposed to how we kind of traditionally tried to teach stuff information yeah. to people over the years. So um, it's been really interesting talking to you, Nicola. And I hope we will have another opportunity. And maybe next time I'll uh, I'll pair you up with one of our techie people and you can talk through some <laughs> of the uh, the techie areas as well. But I think it's been really fascinating to understand the, the value of, of diversity to cybersecurity. Congratulations again on the MBA. Thank you. And I look forward to talking to you again very soon. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please share it with your friends and colleagues and visit our website, stellalabs.eu, to learn more about what we do and how we do it. Tune into the next episode.